Inside with Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught offside from the suburbs of New York City in an apartment in Brooklyn. It's a bonus edition of the podcast. Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. What's up, brother? A U.S. men's national team reaction pod. I, I have to say... That is some comforting, comforting nostalgia, reminding me of the good old days. Great so, to see you for such yeah. a pod. It's only been 285 days since we've done one of these. Holy moly. Can you believe Absol- that? It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. This has been a year that has really challenged us and um, <laughs> and everyone else. And this was a nice slice of normality tonight. It sure was. Uh, The U.S. men back in action, taking on Wales this evening in Swansea. Uh, Nil-nil is your final. Um, I don't know. Jeff Carlisle, I I was reading him shortly after the the match, and I think he kind of summed it up well in saying that this was was nil-nil, but it was not necessarily the sort of nil-nil that we may sometimes associate with U.S. men. when they take on, you know, whether it be friendly or whatever, like those are sometimes like gritty fight for your life in defense, you know, maybe get lucky a few times and just kind of hang on for dear life. And this did not feel like that at all. Now it, it obviously it shouldn't have been, this was Wales's B team that the U S were facing, but um, you know, these are, this is a different, like clearly this is a different team than whatever we kind of think of the U S to be. And I think you saw that in in moments tonight. I think there's a different kind of flash that you can see, at least right now, with certain players on this team uh, that just looks and feels a little bit different than the U.S. men of the past. And so while this result was kind of, in the end, meh, uh, a year from now, this will probably be a game that we will barely remember even happened. Um, but right here and now, talking about it, having just finished watching it, I think that there were it was fun to watch, even being a nil-nil. Uh, in the rain and all that. And um, yeah, I think that there are definitely some positives to come away from this with. I would agree with you, Andrew. I think there's a lot of positives. I think we saw tonight the dawning of a new era for US soccer and um, a new era that's going to be full of of young players who right now at least are playing at the at the peak or, or close to the peak in European club football. And we saw... Like you said, we saw little glimpses of what they could be. Now, look, it wasn't a perfect performance. They, they've only been together for a few days. Uh, at times, it was disjointed. At times, some players, including uh, Gio Reyna, didn't look entirely sure what their role in the team was. Um, if I had a major criticism, it was that there was not an abundance of shots. But but let me park that criticism for one second. Yes, there was only one shot on target, and it came after an hour well after an hour of football from um, Ulysses Lyoneth. But that's not, that's, I'm going to park that and put that to the side. This was a US team that dominated the ball. This was a US team that looked to be on the front foot and looked to dictate the tempo and the pace of the game and looked to um, impose themselves in a way that US teams haven't before. Me and you said going into this game, the one thing we were excited about was the potential to have many players who are comfortable in possession on the ball in this team, ready to play for the country. And that is what happened tonight. And we just needed a start. We needed a beginning to this story. And the beginning was tonight. 
Every marathon, JJ, does in fact begin with a single step. If if this is going to be you with some kind of hackneyed uh, Tony Robbins kind of motivational stuff, I, I don't want to hear it. I, I am genuine in my positivity, and I think you are too. So let's not delude it with, with nonsense cliches. How dare you? Hmm. Nice. Um, you, just from, from talking with you before we started recording, you have... Uh, you are not happy, it seems, with the lineup that was put out there tonight. Now, I'll say before you even go into that, uh, I, I I get it, uh, but I, I'm I'm going to preface this by saying I think you're you're picking nits just a little bit, but I'll I'll give you the space now to uh, to explain why what you, it was that you didn't like. Well, I mean, unhappy, uh, mild, mildly irked, I would say. Um, there was an opportunity I felt tonight for for Greg Berhalter to to play a striker and I I I disagree with with uh with someone like Grant Wall who who tweeted um during the game um Jassy Zardes miss me yet in quotes because that suggests that there was a ton of chances that had they fallen to a striker would he uh, like Jassy Zardes? He would would have buried them, and that's not true. There weren't that many chances. That that's a lie. Uh, there, I mean, the the clearest chance in the game fell to Conrad, and it was on great U.S. pressure in the first half. And he was unfortunate that the ball sat up a little bit, and he swiped at it, and it went over the bar. But there's a kernel of truth buried in that in that tweet from Grant Wall. Why would you play Sebastian Legette as some kind of auxiliary forward, as some kind of false nine in this team when you have striking options on the bench? Um, why wouldn't you give Nicola Gaicini the, the run off the bench? Why wouldn't you give Tim Weah a central striking role to see if he can do it? Why would you pick a midfielder who is not a striker, who is not a center forward in that position. I, 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 I think I know why he did it. I think it was to almost to send a message that while this is a young European-based side, the MLS guys who can't be a part of this, I'm not forgetting about you. You're still a part of things. And and that's fine. I, I, I do think there are MLS players that are still a part of things, but it, it made no sense to me to play legit there. Now, I, of course, I, I sought the counsel of our friend Jeff Carlisle because, you know, Andrew, I'm not a reactionary. I'm, I'm going to always look for consensus. And he kind of said, look, uh, you know, if you want to put experience in the side, then maybe he's a good guy to put in there. And he is crafty, but he's not a striker, Andrew. And there was the half moments because they weren't even half chances there was half moments one in the second half when I think Des got down the right side and cut a ball across and yeah a striker would have made a more determined and anticipatory run to that near post to get on it and who was there centrally but Sebastian Legette who through no fault of his own is not a striker and it, it just frustrated me a little bit you know you're playing this young youthful team almost almost one to ten, you know, all the way through. What 
not obviously you've got Brooks who's experienced in the side. I, we understand that, but you've got this chance to change it and to do something fresh and discover something about these young players or these players you don't know about. And he didn't do it. And not only that, he left him in for almost 90 minutes, 87 minutes. That's not learning anything. Now, was this the premier Welsh defence or Welsh team that he could come up against? No. But I just thought I would have liked to have seen Soto maybe down the centre. I would have liked to have seen Weah down the centre. I know what Leggett will give you. But he's not going to be a false nine and he's not going to be a centre forward. I was disappointed. All right. That's all fair. Um, I guess the only things that I would say in response to it, if uh, I don't know that Bearhalter needed to send the message that you believe needed, th- that he was trying to send the, you know, don't worry, MLS, I haven't forgotten about you. I, I don't know if that's really necessary. Everyone knew that this was primarily a, a camp for European players with MLS heading into their postseason. So I don't think, I don't think anybody from MLS would have been offended in any way had it no, not no, no. been an MLS no, no, no. player. I- I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm, what I'm saying is that even with all this young European talent at my disposal, I will always, I was always defer to or give the chance to an MLS player. Maybe. Uh, and then the other thing. Well, um, he shoot, he shoehorned him into the team. He didn't well, even play him in his position. Well, but that's the, that's the other thing that I'm wondering about is if he just, you're talking about how this was a moment for you know him be, to be able to experiment. Well, maybe this was part of what he wanted to experiment with. Maybe he see, maybe he thought there could be something in Leggett that could play that role. Right. Uh, and in fairness to Leggett, he was I think 28 of 32 in passing tonight. Which you know if if somebody's making a better run at a different time, maybe Leggett's able to hit that guy streaking in on goal. I, I don't know. Everything you say is fair. And, and when I saw the lineup today, it was definitely the only element of it that caused me to raise an eyebrow. Uh, so I'll, I certainly agree with that. Overall, for as for the uh, let's get into the game now itself. Um, I'm going to start. I'm going to be positive here and talk about the guys who I was impressed with. Um, look, I, I know we've seen enough of Weston McKinney to know that what a good player he is. Um, you know, we've watched him do it at Schalke. We're seeing it now early on at Juventus uh, in some in you know some moments here and there. Tonight was as far as his performances for the U.S. Granted, we haven't seen much. This was like far and away as good as I think he's looked. He's always been aggressive. He's always been a bulldog out on the field. But tonight I thought like there was a different kind of confidence to him in terms of just like getting on the ball and then immediately pushing play forward, just a a constant aggressiveness in going about that. So I was, if I had to assign a man of the match for this one, he, he stood out to me in a way that almost no one else out there did. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I, I really couldn't agree more with you, Andrew. I, there was something of the Roy Keane about him tonight, early young Roy Keane. He was box to box. Um, we saw it almost inside the first few minutes where he comes careening back to cover and cut out a cross. He goes to ground, he anticipates it, he cuts it out. He got on the ball and there were moments early on in the game I thought Tyler Adams grew into the game, but there were moments early on where he didn't get on the ball and was being bypassed a little because actually the Welsh were pushing up a little bit. Wilson was marking Adams, which was actually a good role, which kind of cut out a passing option to get the ball into midfield for the centre-backs. And McKenney, a couple of times to get this thing going, to get this thing moving, got on the ball, like you said, and drove forward carried the ball forward, made brilliant runs. I thought it was a brilliant, energetic, all-round display. And 
He was the outstanding player to me. In the first half, outside of him, I think on the attacking front, whenever they switched the ball to Serginho Dest, you look at Moose's chance early on that got cut out. That came from that switch to Dest, who I, I thought was excellent and gave Wales all sorts of problems down that right-hand side, particularly in the first half. Um, chance, a couple of chances to cross the ball in the second half, but maybe not as, as prominent. But but those were the two players that really stood out for me. And like I said, Tyler Adams grew into it a little bit more as Wales did something that kind of distorts how we view this US team performance, where it it Wales allowed a few more questions of us to ask because they sat off, they stopped pressing a little bit, and that gave Adams loads of time to get on the ball and to start to at least try and thread passes through midfield. I thought Musa was good as well. I thought he showed a lot of skill on the ball. There was one moment where he just showed such incredible skill to keep. He kept possession against four or five guys and I was screaming at him to pass it off and to pass it off. Eventually he did. And if I had any criticism of his performance, I think he was too eager to please and to show how good a player he is. Very easy, very easy to forget this kid is 17. It's so easy. Yeah, let's talk about him for a sec. Boy, this will be really, really frustrating if he decides to play for a different country. Yep. Like yep. you could yep. you could see tonight, I mean, you talk about his strength, um, and then you talk about the fact that he's 17 years old, and it's almost like the two don't compute. He shouldn't be able to win the ball back in kind of like the physical manner that he does in the attacking end of the field with such ease. It was multiple occasions tonight and, you know, he was helping to pressure the ball, which led to Conrad's attempt that, that sailed over the net. Um, You know, you, you can just tell if he stays with the U S like, you just know there are going to be moments where he is going to create a goal by winning possession back in the attacking end of the field and immediately, you know, getting somebody with a a quick pass to score. He's, he's going to be that kind of player. And I think U S fans, are going to fall in love with him quickly. And uh, uh, it's just going to only make it hurt that much more if this doesn't wind up coming to fruition. Can, can, I don't think there was anyone who had more of a beaming smile in, in, in the squad photo before the game and the driving rain and wet and mud actually that emerged in Swansea because that, that pitch looked fairly dug up. Um, he looked he looked comfortable. He looked good. And, and, and I've said this before, as we saw with Serginho Dest, it's important that he feels that way. And that ultimately is going to be the, the deciding factor for me. If he enjoys his teammates and he enjoys the vibe around the camp, maybe he will. Now, Garrett Southgate in his comments midweek certainly has not given up on, on Musa playing for, for England. And maybe we have, maybe down the line, we have a, a Declan Rice scenario. I mean, it's already happening. He's got his first senior cap. It would be hugely disappointing, but I, I let's just bask in in the fact that he's playing for us right now, and uh, and that's a good thing. I, I thought you mentioned Conrad there. I thought um, here here's 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 the 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 absolute epitome of what we've got to guard against with these young players. Was so excited to to have him, so excited for him to be at Barcelona. But what is he? He's essentially a young player who is not playing a lot of football right now, not senior team football. And so, you know, we have to kind of temper our expectations. I thought at times he was a little bit nervous on the ball. He had one nice turn and won a free kick 
one of the few offensive free kicks that the US won in, in, in the first half. I thought that was very sharp. But but otherwise, I, I didn't think he was great. He didn't show great composure when the chance fell to him, although I do think the ball sat up. So he he kind of, he was the one that made me think, it's it's fine to be excited, but let's remember there's guys out there who have not got 15 senior club appearances yet. And we're expecting a lot from them already at international soccer level. Yeah. And look, let's also keep in mind that, um, like, I don't, no offense to him. Like you said, he is a young player who is just coming into his own now. But if everyone is healthy for the US, he's probably not one of the first 11. You know, it, like right if, now, if no. Christian Pulisic and Josh Sargent, like if they're all healthy, then, you know, I wouldn't imagine that Conrad would be one of the, the players starting up front. So, you know, it's it's good for him to get minutes so he can develop chemistry uh, with these other players. But, you know, one of the words that comes to mind tonight um, for the U.S. performance, which is completely understandable given the fact that this specific team had never played together, um, disjointed. Uh, mm. Is kind of a word that that I think of a little bit, and and Conrad maybe a little bit with that. It seemed like there were a couple moments, especially in the first half, where Tyler Adams was trying to hit him with a long ball, and it just felt like the run was never quite properly timed with the pass. Um, and like again, it sounds like a criticism, but it's really not. This is no. These are all things that are you just you would expect for a, a group of players that have n- literally never played together. Um, so it, it's that's fine. This is like this was a game tonight where. Uh, the score mattered very little to me. Um, had the U.S. you know, it, look, if the U.S. had lost two nil, I, I would have probably been coming on this podcast tonight with a different tone. But even if they if they had won two nil, I don't know if I would feel all that much different about the performance no. than I do right now. This is just this is nothing more than a chance for these guys to get to know each other, to get to know how to play alongside one another. For Greg Berhalter to see what he has here at his disposal, that's. That's all this is. I mean, you got to view that. I know these are called friendlies. Um, I, I almost feel like that is too serious a term. I, I almost view this as, as like a scrimmage. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's like we said, some of the early signs are positive. I, I think you can already identify the fact that there are players on this team that are difference makers. And that is a thing that, you know, we, we feel like we've been lacking, quite frankly, over the last five, six years or so. Um, so hopefully we, we see more of it. Yeah, and we and we often hear about um, when a new manager comes into a club side, we hear the, the the phrase that oh, organizing the defense can often be the easy part. Being def- compact and stout and and defensively minded can be the easy part, and that actually the tough choreography of building an attack is the harder thing. So the fact we only had one shot on target in the 90 minutes and that we didn't really force that many saves from the goalkeeper, the Welsh goalkeeper, you know, we shouldn't be too down on that because that is actually the bit that's going to take time uh, to gel and to mold together. But we certainly have the personnel. You can, you could even see it like with, with, with Reina kind of being on the same side as Musa and Reina wanted to be kind of more involved and on the ball that saw him drifting into positions where Musa was taking up as well. And really the ball on that side, which turned out to be the danger ball was to find Dest and it almost bypassed Rain at times. And, and, th- and then there was other times when he got on the ball and he was so eager, eager to, to show something. Um, and, and that's all about the fact they've been together two or three days 
um, as a unit and as a group. So while, we while you're while you're talking about Reyna, I, I wanted to ask you about him um, because you know, obviously, 17 years old. Turned by the time you're listening to this, he's 18. Uh, you're probably listening to this now on his birthday. Um, pretty cool birthday present to get your first cap for the U.S. men. Um, but you know, he's somebody obviously who we came into this game with with particularly high hopes because of his pedigree, because of who his parents are, because of what we've seen him do for Borussia Dortmund. Um, and you know, the first half in particular, I thought he was he was a little bit invisible. Didn't really hear his name very often. In the second half, he was a little bit more a part of the game. He had the one move where he he kind of carried the ball inside. Uh, I forget who it was that he set up for a shot, but it, it didn't really materialize. But it was probably one of his better moments of the night overall. Um, uh, probably not a game that he'll remember other than the fact that it was his first cap for the U.S. men. And I, I just kind of wonder with where they had him playing tonight uh, on the outside. I don't, I'm wondering where do you think is his, he's better suited to play. They talked a little bit about it on the broadcast. Uh, you know, should he be more, uh, you know, further inside and more of a number 10 role, or do you like him on the outside? I, I think he can, he can play there. Um, I actually kind of maybe just have him a little bit more tucked in, but definitely, um, I, I think, <laughs> I think it was too many cooks in that sense, Andrew. Like I said, he had Musa and De- they had Musa and Dest on that side, and I just felt like Musa when he got on the ball was kind of not occupying similar spaces, but I, I almost the the ball that was most effective was the wide ball to Dest and that's where it went and that was bypassing at times Musa but also Reina and Reina was just struggling to find out well should I go further infield if I come out am I crowding out then Dest uh, his lane to get down the, down on the outside um I think he can play there I definitely think he can play there I I I position wise I wouldn't have been you know, I wouldn't look at that tonight and think, oh, you know, that's that's just not going to help him. Because um, I've seen him, I've seen him tucked inside in in a similar position for Borussia Dortmund, and he's been perfect. But he seemed like I I often think of that pass he played for Holland for the goal last season in the Champions League at the Westfalen Stadion, and where he picked the ball up was exactly he was in a central position, tucked in a little bit on the right. And I, I, I just think tonight it it didn't happen for him a little bit. Yeah, and that's and again that is fine. I wouldn't worry about that. Uh, yeah, uh, we're, we're talking a lot about the players in attack tonight. We should mention a little bit at the other end of the field, um, the defense. Uh, you know, we, you've talked about Dest, but the other three: Robinson, Miazga, Brooks, mm. and Stefan in net. Stefan not really called into action very often. Made one really good save. Uh, with his feet yeah um uh, which was which was a, a great moment for him yeah johnson the substitute drilled that low and hard and i thought that was going in the back of the net and and it was really a really uh sharp save from stefan yeah uh anthony robinson in particular was one who i thought was interesting tonight he had a little bit of an up and down night i would say the first 15 minutes for him were not good uh objectively not good he had two giveaways in bad spots on the field where maybe a team a little bit better than Wales punishes the U.S. in a way that Wales's B team is just not going to. However, he had moments uh, at other points during the match where you could see his recovery speed and just how impressive it is. I mean, good Lord, does he get up and down the field really, really fast. Uh, so that will certainly be a valuable asset uh, for this team. And, and it seems like the way they want to play, pressing, aggressiveness. So um, I thought that was promising. And then, you know, Brooks Miazga, 
I think is a is a good partnership. Those two, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the preferred partnership. No. I, I don't think so. I think what interests me about Brooks Brooks' performance in particular, there was the, the we'll say for like the first 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I thought Kiefer Moore gave him a, a tough night. Like there was, it was combative and there was a couple of, one time in particular, he went to win a ball with Moore and didn't get near it and uh, Welsh broke and, and had a bit of an attack uh, as much as any attack they really had in the game. Um Miazga and Brooks were fine. And in fact, Brooks played a couple of really good passes when he was on the ball in that first half. Uh, one down the left, which put Anthony Robinson away for a cross that, that he put into the box. And then I think he put, clipped in a ball in behind for Musa that, that uh, Musa then got on, controlled brilliantly, and released Dest, if I'm not mistaken. But um, actually, we'll talk more about the defenders in the mailbag. Oh. Let me hold off on that. Okay. Um, well, we can get to that in a moment now. Just a couple other peripheral notes on this one for me. Uh, I like the U.S. jerseys. Thought they think they're sharp. I kind of like the uh, you know like that little line down the side there. Uh, think they're nice. Can we stick with them? Can Can we please now be consistent and have this jersey for a couple of seasons now? No, no. You know that's not how this works. <laughs> Come know, on, but it, Nike's it's actually got some what... merchandise. JJ, come on. I like it. It's one yeah. I like. I thought I think so too. I think they were very nice, and I like the um, like the track jackets that they came out with um, at the start. The uh, the ones that said "Be the Change." I think those those were sharp too. Mm. Thought those were nice. Uh, Gareth Bale clearly clearly watching the Masters as this one was going on. I guess I'm fine with that. I, I don't really don't really care. I guess he's there, but you know he's always they'll have to be him. They'll have to make up a new banner now. It's going to be golf Wales B. Then Spurs, Spurs, then Madrid, then Madrid. <laughs> um, but yeah, not uh, not a ton else to say about this one. The U.S. are going to be back in action uh, again, which is good, very good. We weren't sure how many matches were going to be taking place during this international break after Australia pulled out, but now it'll be the U.S. and Panama on Monday afternoon. So um, we'll be back doing another podcast, I'm sure. After that one, don't know if it'll be Monday night or Tuesday morning, but either way, we'll have reaction uh, to that one as well. Already hearing, JJ, for that, that the U.S. will once again be going with a false nine. They're actually going to be bringing Benny Failhaber out of retirement. Bearhalter wants to send another message that MLS players who are retired still will get considered. You know what? I deserve that. Maybe I think I went in too hard on... I think I've gone in too hard on on, on um, Triple G. Well, let me let me ask you one question to kind of put the whole MLS US men conversation to bed here. Um, like, who would actually be? We like we have a good sense of who the core of this team is. Uh, who are the actual MLS players that you think have a chance of breaking through? Because I can think of you know me, and you know where I'm going to go first <laughs> with this. I here, think, here, here. I think Jordan, Jordan Morris can play for this team. All right. Well, you've just ruined a mailbag question from Kyle Dawson. That gets oh. deleted straight no, away. Kyle ask, asked, ask his question. Kyle asked the same question. Which non-European base players do you see getting into this side? Um, Johnny's a non-European base player. John, Johnny Cardoso is indeed. He's, but he's playing defensive center mid for Internacional in Brazil, which is a pretty high standard, let's be honest. So he kind of counts in the... In the non-MLS realm, I would say. Um, I think Jordan Morris, definitely. I think um, 
I, I think that, it's not the the role that you like for him, but I have Legette, and you know I've thought highly of him for a few years now, and he is somebody that I do I, believe can play for this team. But I'm, like you, I just I'm don't not know slagging him off. I'm not slagging him off. I'm just saying don't do what you did tonight with him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think he can play for this team, but I don't know if that's where I would play him. Um, I think, well, he's soon to be a European player, but um, Brendan Aronson obviously comes into that equation. Uh, I think... What about Aaron Long? He's somebody who would kind of become a mainstay in central defense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think a mi- I think Aaron Long would still will still be in the mix this and, and here's and here's why. And I think Walker Zimmerman probably still in the mix too at center back. Because tonight, you know the way Bearhalter is looking for us to play through, you know, play out from the back and do things like that. Um Tonight, there was no pressure on the ball for most of that game. And so the U.S. defenders found it quite easy. And it wasn't a real test of their ability on the ball as many times as we saw them play decent passes. So I think I think center back. But then again, you know, you're looking at Chris Richards as well, who didn't get a run at center back. Right. I mean, he, he skips ahead of both of both Aaron Long and Zimmerman, in my view. I wonder who we'll see again on Monday or how much they'll change things up. Like I'm expecting, ho- I'm expecting to see Horvath and net. I would think that would happen. Maybe we'll see more. I'd like to see more of Reggie Cannon. You know, I think highly of him as well. I, I think, I think you'll see can, I think you'll see a lot of changes, Andrew, for the simple reason that Orby Leipzig, um, Juventus will surely have spoken to the U S men's national team and said, look, if you're going to give extended minutes in one game that they get rested for the next game, um, because right now the workload in European club football is monstrous. Yeah. And all things, if if we're being totally honest with ourselves, pandemic and workload included, there's no way there should be international friendlies tonight. There should just be the qualifiers for the Euros or whatever competitive games need to be played. It's insane to me that there's friendlies. Yeah, you're right. However, like, Club, like the like we just said, the U.S. haven't played in 285 days. At some point, they are they do have to play friendlies. These guys do have to play with one another to like they can't just go right into their next tournament. There's got yeah. they got to play together. I I, I I hear I hear what you're saying, but um, when you look when you look at the injuries that are happening now, and when you look at um, just look at the whole landscape of things, and and COVID cases spiking through the roof in so many countries. Well, that yeah, that's another story. You you, you would question the how how clever this is, but whatever. We're we're talking about it now. It's too late. We've committed ourselves to it. What's uh what's this little American mailbag you got there, Bucko? Uh, if you call me Bucko again, I will. I what will what will you house. do? Huh? What are you gonna do? I would drive to your house and slap you. Yeah, Seriously. do it. Come on, do it then, tough guy. Incredible. Unbelievable. Um. Tom Badro, Destin McKinney were great. Young guys and debuts, mostly encouraging. The backline and midfield controlled the game pretty well. Excited for when they can have Pulisic, Sargent, and Morris helping in attack. I think tonight would have been a good night for both Morris and Sargent. I really do. It's a shame. Um, Scott Sipling, all the young creative players getting their first caps looked like they were trying to do too much and had no chemistry with each other. Well, they've only been together a few days. That's fair. Uh, yeah, and and young players will try to do a lot. There was there was a, I've never seen so many stepovers 
in Swansea in my life. Also, Weston McKinney, who, like I said, like he was clearly playing with with some next level confidence tonight. But he, like, he had a spin, uh, kind of like I think it was in the second half on the left side. Um, he he spun towards the end line, and it looked cool, but like <laughs> there wasn't really a defender near him. I wasn't entirely sure if he had to do it, and then the ball wound up going out for a goal kick. Right. Um, so yeah, you saw a little bit of that. Uh, Carl, Carl makes a, a point that we've uh, labored to death, but it it still can't be overstated. Seeing American players, particularly in the midfield, be able to receive the ball, turn up field, and dribble past players was a huge step in the right direction. McKenny and Musa, in particular, were great. No, you're, uh, McKen- you're laughing, and I get that. And like, I- I'm laughing because of the years me and you have been together. I know. Talking about this, coming out of big games and just saying we'll never be at a certain level until we have five, six, seven players who can receive the ball on either side and are comfortable. Like, I don't I I could be wrong. Who who was the guy who wrote that message? Carl. Carl, like to read it is is almost to read it with like a smirk. But I, I believe that he wrote that as a matter of fact statement. Like, yeah. I don't even think it was meant to be funny. I think it's just like, he's truly saying it's nice that we can do this now. Oh, and like, let's, let's continue to do that I, and not necessarily people, go back to like, you know, pass to the defensive midfielder, back pass to your center half, back to the goalkeeper, smash it downfield, and then just go like defend again for the next 40 minutes. Fans of this podcast will be very, very uh, familiar with the the chastening nights, sometimes not even against that good opposition, right. where me and you have been in the studio bemoaning the fact that we couldn't keep the ball for four or five passes. Right. Like, w- why are Honduras doing this right why now? Are Honduras like, why, doing why are they allowed to do whatever they want? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I remember particularly the night we played our opening game in the Copa America against Colombia. Uh, oh yeah, that was, that was a night of realizing, oh boy, that's it. That was only 2016. It seems like an absolute lifetime ago. Um, Daz, can we just admire how good Weston McKinney has gotten with the ball at his feet? He looked comfortable on the ball. Indeed Definitely. we can, Daz. Definitely. Um, and Tim Stark, can our defense hold up against a team with more attacking quality? Uh, with Des being such a good attacking option, should have had an assist if we had a number nine to make a near post run. <clears throat> Seems that will leave the uh, right centre back very isolated. Miazga, no, love the high press from the midfield. Yes, but that was never really a worry after 10, 15 minutes, 20, 25 minutes, even if I'm being generous of that game tonight. Can our defence hold up against a team with more attacking quality? Tim makes the question, question of the night. Great question. Great question. And against a more sophisticated attack, um, even against a full Welsh attack where they would have everyone they could call on. You, you you would question that, but that is that will be answered on another night, uh, friends. And that's yeah. the male BZ. Oh, very nice. Very nice. This was enjoyable there. Before we get out, JJ, there are some other things happening worth mentioning. I saw Ireland were in action today, regrettably, perhaps. Uh, Northern Ireland, Andrew, for God's sake. Huh? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. I've <laughs> Ireland were in action in a friendly against yeah. uh, per- Perfidious Albion at Wembley <laughs> and um, I have not watched it yet because I watched and analyzed the U S men's national team. And so I, I thought, Oh, I'll save our trip to Wembley, but apparently we were well and truly beaten by um, 
by the old enemy uh, 3-0 on the night. The other Ireland, Northern Ireland, they came to a sticky end themselves with a playoff defeat against Slovakia. Um, a late Slovakian equaliser and then, or sorry, a late Northern Ireland equaliser took the game to extra time and then Slovakia won the game in extra time. So Northern Ireland go out, Slovakia qualify. Um, and we had uh, Iceland in the other game, the other uh, Euro 2020 playoff and uh, Hungary in the 91st minute. Hungary, the Magic Magars, they won and uh, 2-1. And they are going to their second successive uh, major tournament. That's right. In the last one, they gave us one of the matches of the tournament, right? Them versus they did Portugal. In, they did indeed. The the 3-3 against Portugal. Yeah. Um, sorry, second successive major tournament. That's incorrect. Second successive Euros. Euros. But um, still, nonetheless, quite spectacular. And, Andrew, there will be Wales. There will be England at next summer's tournament. tournament and there will also be... The Scots, Scotland. Um, Scotland had a dramatic win on penalty kicks in Serbia tonight. Um, Alexander Mitrovic was the player whose penalty was saved by Marshall to put the Scots through. Um, It was 1-0 to the Scots and a late Serbian equaliser seemed like it would be just very Scotland all over again. Uh, Here is our own Mr. Donaldson. Mark Scott, Donaldson. yeah, Mark Donaldson on commentary, and um, let's just say all objectivity was gone. Mitrovic against Marshall. <laughs> saved, saved, saved. are going to the Euros. Unbelievable! Craig Burley will not be mentioned again as the last Scottish player. To score at a major tournament. What a save from David Marshall. And because this is bonus coverage on ESPN, there is no requirement for a commentator to be neutral. Is that a is that a rule? During I, I, bonus I, coverage, you can do whatever the hell you want. I, I think on a here at ESPN. Yeah, on a world on a world feed. Um I think Mark him, man. Oh, 22 years, Andrew. For all of them, this is this is another one of those situations, JJ, where we, I mean, look, there's any number of reasons, obviously, that we want this pandemic to disappear forever immediately, but we've got to have those Scottish lungs at this tournament. Oh, absolutely. You know, I just thought about that tonight, because guess who was their first penalty taker? Lee Griffith. Oh, <sighs> One of in the most nip- spine-tingling moments that we've seen in the last what five years of your uh, of your Euro or of international play of, in general of any international play. The World Cup qualifiers for Russia 2018, wasn't it? And it was at Hampden Park that it was a two-two draw. Uh, Harry Kane scored a late, late equalizer to suck the air out of the stadium. But uh, Lee Griffith had two amazing uh, f- uh, free kick goals, and the noise we played it on the podcast, and I. It's one of the things we've actually we actually got a huge reaction to. People are like, "Why does their scream sound so different?" We got to get we, we got to get those uh, Scottish lungs and their guttural noises at a uh, major tournament. Yeah, but um, so that was I think I'm 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 covering everything. That was the major. Nope, 
You missed one other one, JJ. How dare you? The people of North Macedonia will not forgive you oh. for the fact that they will be also going to the European Championships. Congratulations uh, to them after beating Georgia, the country. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. Um, so I, I seen some criticism. This this nation's league, you're never, ever, ever, ever out of it system has kind of functioned in giving us diversity at the major tournament. Uh, and the fact that there's 24 teams and not 16 anymore certainly has played into that. I've seen some debate whether whether we should have this, but I kind of feel excited about learning stories about North Macedonia, their players. Um, great to have Hungary back. Nice to see uh, nice to see Scotland back at a major tournament. Yeah. I'm kind of all for it then. Yeah. No, Scotland will be fun, of course. Um, 23 years it's been for them. That's right. Since they've been at a major tournament. Good Lord. Yeah. And, and he, he said, Mark Donaldson, he said also in his call that Craig Burley will no longer be mentioned as the last Scottish player to score at a major tournament. Uh, I would tell Mark Donaldson not to count his chickens before they hatch. Scotland need to score a goal in this tournament first. Andrew predicting three nil nils. <laughs> it's not, is it completely like off the table as a possibility? No, it would be the most Scotlandy thing to happen to Scotland in the history of Scotland football. We for, have for, said when we started saying about Scotland for a little while now that they quietly have assembled a pretty decent team. They have, but but their results have been spotty. You know, they. Ha- I, I I think they could go to a tournament and surprise people. I don't. I I, I don't know. I mean, I suppose. I suppose we should check and look what group they're going to be in. So. so <laughs> So Andrew's prediction of uh, Craig Burley remaining the player that scored last for Scotland in a major tournament. Scotland will open their uh, group stage in the UEFA Euro 2020 competition against the Czech Republic, who are a decent team. They'll then play England. Oh, oh my God. Their second what a game. game. And then in their third t- game, they'll play Croatia. Tough group. That's not an easy group, my friend. But like but maybe I mean, yeah, we've talked about them, like Kieran Tierney, Scott McTominay, John McGinn, Andy Robertson. Like this, yeah, there's some decent, like be- more than decent, like legitimately good players that they now have on this team. Ryan so, Fraser, good for them. No, that's exciting. Uh, one other note before we get out, JJ, and unfortunately, it is bad news. It is bad news specifically for you and your club that Joe Gomez suffered uh, a knee injury. Yes. Uh, um- apparently he's already had surgery on it yeah and that surgery what we've learned and again liverpool not giving very concrete details but there is no ligament damage so that means he may return at some point this season but that leaves liverpool in a real quandary they are dangerously thin now at that position which only a month ago might have been their their strongest position uh, and now it's it is certainly not. No, it's not. And um, as as has been pointed out by a few people in a, a few publications, the lack of pace now at centre back is extremely worrying. It's going to be Joel Matip who has had an injury record himself, plus Phillips or Young Williams, not to mention Trent Alexander Arnold's knock, which hopefully he can recover from. But uh, we face Leicester next. And you're thinking about that pace in behind. You're thinking about Liverpool's high line. You're thinking about Jamie Vardy. Yeah, 
Again, another twist, Andrew. Liverpool have been quite lucky with with injuries over the past few seasons, relatively speaking. And um, yeah, centre back is just one of those positions. It's 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 hard to absorb injuries there. So yeah, I'm worried. Yeah, fair enough. That aside, this was fun, man. Nice to see the U.S. men back in action again. Nice to be doing an emergency reaction podcast to this team. Nice to have people for the first time in a long time, watch a U.S. men game, uh, have it be kind of drab, but then have our Twitter inbox not filled with hate and vitriol. Like this was a a fairly drab result that people are now coming out of with a a fairly positive mentality. Like that more than anything makes this feel like the dawn of a new era. Uh, So I'm certainly happy about that. And I feel good about them too, even though this game was kind of blah. You know, it was just fun to see this group out there, and I look forward to seeing them again on Monday, even though it'll be a different lineup, different players out there, but all young players again, I'm sure, uh, and I look forward to it. I look forward to talking about it with you afterwards. Andrew, I look forward to it too, and and you're right. Positivity reigns. It's a brave new world. Ah, just breathe it in. Yeah, this I wish we fun. had your. I wish we had your drop. I'm just going to try and imitate your your classic drop. Oh, it is indeed a bright future. Oh, it is a bright future. Hey, this was fun, brother. To you, I say... Check you later, fun boy. See ya. Take care, bro. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast.